Well, we're in a series, as has been already mentioned in Hebrews. If you haven't worked that out by now, and uh, this is the first week of a mini-series within a series. So what we're going to do is take some time to look at why the author of Hebrews, why, why did he list all these people in chapter 11, all these Old Testament uh, figures as great examples of faith? Because we've got the benefit now of looking back over their lives and, and saying, well, what are, the, what are the lessons that we can learn from them? What does God want us to know about them? So today, we're starting with Abraham, and then over the coming weeks into January, we, uh, yeah, into December, sorry, man, we're so good with the, <laughs> with the dates, but through, through December and then up to, to January, you're going to hear from some of the other um, pastors and, and one of our ministerial students as well. But next week, will be uh, Pastor Beck will be bringing her first sermon to us here. Isn't that good? So you, you don't want to miss that. Make sure you're here for that. And by the way, I was so pleased to hear Pastor Kay's uh, message last week because that was a great, you know, she could be in chapter 11, right? All our missionaries could be there. Just her story of faith, she'd be in that list for sure. So let's have a look at it. We're in chapter 11. We're going to start at verse 8. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently, there's that word we keep coming across, looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Confidence. Remember, two weeks ago, we were looking at that in in verse 1 of chapter 11, where the, the author says, this is what faith is. It's the confidence in the hope that we have and in the assurance of, of what we cannot see. And we heard it again, I think, in uh, chapter 6 this morning when the, the Mark was reading. It's this confidence that we have in God. And, and we can have the confidence because he's demonstrated over and over and again that what he says is real and true. It comes to pass. And this is kind of what Advent's about a little bit. It's this confidence that Christ will return again. And we can have the confidence because he came the first time, as was said would happen, in the way that it would happen. And so as you go through Advent, by the way, over the coming weeks, I, I encourage you in your, in your devotional life at home just to be spending time thinking about Christ's return and how that affects your life here. Now, Abraham was confident in the promise given to him from God. Let me just go back to Genesis and show you a little bit more about what happened. Chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you, including us today. Imagine if that was your calling. Imagine if that was your calling. Leave your home, leave your family, and everything that you know to start a nation with your wife 
that you have struggled to conceive with and go into a new land that is occupied by others that will eventually belong to your, your kids and their kids and, and, and all your ancestors. Imagine if that was your calling in life. You know, put your, just put yourself in Abraham's shoes for a minute. And God tells you to do that. Well, he did. And that's faith, yeah? I encourage you to read the whole story at home because we'd be here a long time if I was to do it today. It's Genesis 12 to about 25. Read the whole story of Abraham this week if you've got nothing else to do or if you've got something else to do even. It's a really good read. The very short version is that Abraham spent the rest of his life moving into Canaan throughout it, particularly stopped in lots of places. He faced and overcame challenge after challenge, including that difficult situation of lack of children, no offspring, which is a problem when God says you're going to father a whole new nation, right? But he and Sarah exercised their faith in God, and they went, leaving behind what they knew, leaving behind the people that they loved, and now we have the benefit in hindsight of knowing their outcome. A whole nation that worships God as their king is born through Abraham and his son Isaac and his grandson Jacob. And after Abraham has passed on, as we know, this is the story, I'm just giving you the short version. You know, famine forces Jacob and his family into Egypt where they increase greatly in number and eventually they're enslaved by the Egyptians. God miraculously saves them from slavery. He leads them into that very, back into that very promised land that he promised to Abraham like 700 years or so later. So there's, a, there's lessons all through this story, heaps of them. Today, I've got three that I think we want to hear today about Abraham and about his faith in God in particular. So lessons on faith from Abraham is what we're doing today. Number one is this. Faith always requires stepping into the unknown. Because if it was known, or you can see it, you don't really need faith. I remember years ago, I was talking to someone who wasn't a Christian yet, but he was wrestling, you know, with this whole idea of Jesus. And he said something like this, you know, how do I, how can I possibly believe in something I can't see? And I said, that's why we call it faith. That's why, you know, there's a point where you've got to have faith. And here's the important thing. It's not a blind faith. I've been saying that over the last few weeks. You know, there is, it is faith put in, in some really good evidence that Jesus really is who he said he was. And if you don't know that evidence, please talk to me because I want to tell you. Or you should come and do Alpha with us next year because that's a good place to start as well. Remember when Thomas asked to see the holes in Jesus' hands before he wasn't going to believe that this was Jesus who he saw on the cross, you know, that had died. And Jesus was kind enough to show him, but he said, those who come afterwards who won't see me in the flesh, blessed are they who believe. That's us today. Believe in faith. The point I would make is that many saw Jesus and they saw his miracles and they, they still didn't believe. And to be honest, I suspect it's often it's not so much about not being able to see Jesus that holds people back from committing to them. It's the, it's the cost of following him that stops people 
Because he requires us to say, to, to, to obey, to commit to him wholeheartedly, to live differently, to give things up, to change. And for many, it's just too, it's too much, sadly. But believing in Jesus, who you can't see, while it's the most important step of faith that you can make in your life, it's only the first one. That's just the first one. I believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. The angels throw a party, the Bible says. You are in his kingdom. And then God says, now we're going to start a lifelong journey of it, of faith. Because faith in God is constantly saying yes to what he is asking you to do. And often he is saying, or he's asking you to do something that you can't see, that you're going into the unknown. Here's what I noticed about Abraham, and I think I've noticed this in my own life. This is um, 0.1a. <laughs> Often, God will give a destination, but not the journey to get there. And that is what we find the hardest, isn't it? Those of you who know me best know that I, I kind of like to know what's going on. And I don't mean in a gossipy way about everybody, but I just like to know what's going on in my, in my job here as pastor. And sometimes, you know, the staff will hear me say, I just want to know what's happening, okay? That's just kind of who I am. Well, about five or six years ago, I had to go in for just this little bit of surgery. It's just day surgery, right? You might have noticed that sometimes my voice isn't the strongest. I had nodules on my vocal cords. And if you've ever had the doctor look at your vocal cords, it's not a pleasant thing to put a camera in places. You don't want it to go, right? And uh, anyway, he said, I think we should take those off. So we had this day It'll only take a day or a few hours or whatever it was. So I go in onto the hospital on that day at the RBH and they wheel me in on the bed as they do when you're going in for surgery. And the anesthetist was there. He says, have you got any questions, Nathan? I said, all I want you to do is tell me before you put me under because I just like to know what's going on. And then I woke, opened up my eyes and, and I was in the recovery room. <laughs> I was like, ah. Oh. He didn't tell me. That's what they do, apparently. <laughs> but I kind of knew the destination. I just want to know the journey as much as possible anyway. I know it's hard to do when you're out cold, but you know what I mean, right? I give that illustration because for Abraham, and also this is true for us, we hear the calling. You know, God is calling me to this, X, you know, whatever it is, but he doesn't give me the journey, the plan. That's why we often have to step out with that faith, with the confidence in what God has asked you to do, trusting God more than our fears that he will stitch together that journey as we go. Abraham went from place to place. He faced challenge after challenge and setback after setback. You read his story and you think, you great man of God. Wow, you just kept going. And I have to tell you, these challenges, they would often leave you questioning God at times, wouldn't they? Why is this happening? At one stage... Abraham and his wife and those with him, they, they make it deep into Canaan and, Canaan, and this is where they're called to go. You know, we made it. This is where we have to be. And then this happens in uh, chapter 12, verse 10. At that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram, Abram down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner. Does that even make sense to you? Wasn't he supposed to go to Canaan and start a whole new nation there? That was what he was told. There was a covenant. I don't know about you, but at this point, I'd, I'd be a bit disheartened. You've done your bit. You've stepped out into the unknown. You're unsure of the journey. You think you've arrived where God wants you to be. You're there. You're ready to have the children. 
and get this new nation underway. But, so, you know, God, what, what's going on here? What's the holdup? You still can't have kids. The promised land can't even support me. We, got, we had to flee. And so here's this next point. is Sometimes the journey, it just won't make sense to us at that time. And I think there's this false belief that if we say yes to God and you know, I'm going to step into the unknown, I'm in the center of God's will. In the middle, blessings are going to flow all around me and the path is going to be perfect and straight and flat. You know, I'm just going to stride out and enjoy this, this time. Everything will be good. You know, the, the problem with that kind of thinking is you don't need any faith if God was to do that. You know, when Shelley and I were in Tasmania a few years back, we did what everyone did and we went to Cradle Mountain, right? Everyone's been there. Or a lot of you have been there, yes? I see three people nodding. Okay, good. Anyway, at Cradle Mountain, there's a selection of walks. <laughs> Michael's going to be so upset at me in a second. <laughs> Varying degrees of difficulty. Well, we picked the easiest one that we could find, which was from the ranger station up to Dove Lake. It's a boardwalk that someone has made, thankfully, the whole way. It's a great walk, by the way. I'm pleased. We enjoyed ourselves. But, you know, it, it, was, it was kind of flat most of the way. We, didn't, we never have to really even touch the ground, so to speak. You don't have to get your feet dirty or wet or anything like that. It was awesome. But when I reflect back, I think, well, if we had taken one of the harder roots, maybe we would have experienced something else, something, something different. If only faith was like that. And of course, you know, yeah, it was, a great, it was a great holiday. I'm not trying to say it wasn't, but following God's plan can be like this sometimes. The mountains and the valleys and the setbacks and the hard work gets us to the destinations that God wants us to get to, listen to this, in the way he wants so that we will be the people he wants us to be. Yeah? Faith is confidence in God's call even when the journey doesn't make sense. You know, young people, those of you who are looking into God's call into ministry, it's a long, hard journey. You have a sense of the destination. You know, it's, I've been called to mission work or pastoral work or teaching or, or whatever it is. But the lesson from Abraham, and quite frankly, most of the men and women of the Bible is prepare for a journey into the unknown with circumstances that don't always make sense. Faith is confidence in the hope we have for that destination God has given us, for the promises he's given us. Second point today is faith means moving beyond normal boundaries of possibility. This is the miraculous part of the faith journey. A faithful married couple who were approaching 100 and still there's no children. And this is the couple that's going to birth a whole nation. At one point, God tells Abraham, he's going to have more descendants. He says, look up in the sky at all the stars. Now, it's not like when we look up in the sky here in Brisbane. They're out 
in the middle of nowhere looking up in the sky. There's a lot of stars. He says, you're going to have more descendants than you can see. So you can forgive Abraham and Sarah for letting the doubt slip in here. You can forgive them for letting their faith waver. Sadly, they chose a shortcut plan in this particular area of God's plan, which led to some difficult circumstances with Hagar and Ishmael. But eventually, they have their little baby, Isaac, beyond any normal medical explanation. Remember, a hundred-year-old, okay? Anyway, he's a miracle baby. People of faith who are obediently following God's plan, this is the point. We kind of should be living with that expectation that it won't always be normal human ways. There'll be times when God will do something miraculous in order to fulfill his will. God presents a destination that is far beyond often what even seems possible. But we can have confidence in God to do what needs to be done. It might be a different way to what we expect or even want. It might take longer than we think, but we, we stay on target. You know, I'm always inspired by, and I share this often, but I'm always inspired by the story of Brother Andrew you know, who in faith followed God's call. God said, I want you to get Bibles behind the Iron Curtain, you know, into the communist countries. And he, and he would put them into his car, into suitcases, and, you know, with threat of arrest and imprisonment even. And he would just pray a simple prayer. God, blind their eyes to those Bibles. And sure enough, they'd pull up at the gate and they'd unzip the bags and the Bibles would be there. And then they'd zip them bag up, back up and, and let him go. You know, because God would do the unexpected beyond the normal that we know. And we have to live with that expectation that, that God will do the miraculous. We should move and live in a way believing that God can and does do that. When we, we think, how are we ever going to get there? We have faith. The third thing is that faith requires persistence. You know, you've got to commit to the long game. You run the race to the end. You have to put your hand to the plow and not look back. Those are scriptures, by the way. <laughs> Abraham, he had to face armies at one point. There was a lot of crazy stuff going on. It's a lot of chapters. You should read it. He had to leave his home. He had to flee because of drought, as we said. You know, he was moving often. He was tested by God with that first and only son at that point, Isaac. You know, he, he had family issues and, and there was conflict, but he had confidence and what he hoped for, so he persisted. You know, what if Moses had given up the first time he confronted Pharaoh? Have you thought about that? When you read the story of Moses, you kind of get sick of the amount of times he goes back. Like nine times, from what I can tell, nine times he goes back to Pharaoh. But that was putting persistence in, in, in exercising his faith in God. He kept going back because God told him to. You know, what if David Wilkerson had given up on Nicky Cruz and the gangs of, you know, when the gangs of New York, they, they, they mocked him and they even threatened him. If he had given up, there would be no teen challenge today. What if John Wesley had given up on his seeking after a deeper life with Jesus? You know, he went, he, for years he was looking for that connection with the Lord. He wanted that real, um, that real faith. You know, he wanted it to be real and he, and he kept persisting and he had that experience with the Holy Spirit at Aldersgate if he hadn't have persisted, we wouldn't have had the Methodist revival that started in England and spread around the world. 
What if Paul had given up after all of his setbacks? You know, he lists them for us in a few places. He says, I was beaten and whipped and jailed and shipwrecked and starved and homeless and hungry and thirsty. But he persisted and he planted all those churches and the church grew and grew around the world. He persisted. Out of Abraham and Sarah's faith, God birthed an entire nation that 2,000 years later would give birth to the Messiah. You know, our Savior. Their faith was persistent through it all. And, and so all the nations of the world were blessed from this new nation that he started. That's what God, what God meant when he said, you, you will bless all the world because from you will come the Savior, the Messiah. It's hard work following God's call at times. It takes persistence, but there is reward for those who persist. It's not always the reward that we kind of think we want or that the world seeks. But to be honest, the way I see it, the reward while we're on this side of heaven is the privilege of serving our God and being part of his big picture. That's a reward. This is the thing. We live in a culture that's focused on me. I need to be someone special. I need to be successful. And people, I want people to acknowledge that, you know. But Abraham got to the end and barely got to, to glimpse the promise that he was given. Paul was killed for his faith. Faith is not about me. It's about Christ. I've already received the major portion of my reward, you know, his grace is sufficient. Yes, the balance of my reward comes in eternity, but in the meantime, here's the reward I'm, I'm receiving right now. I'm serving my king because I love him and he's, he's worthy of it. If you don't hear what I'm saying here, here's what I want you to hear. I take joy in serving him. I take joy in seeing God glorified through his plan to save and redeem people. I need to wait when I have to wait. I'll persevere when things are slow or hard with God's grace when I have to. Because I'm part of something bigger. You know, bigger than the Olympics. Bigger than the 2032 Olympics. I'm part of something bigger than that. I'm part of something bigger than, you know, the United Nations. I'm just a little tiny part of God's huge plan for his kingdom. And you might be thinking, well, most of that doesn't apply to me. I'm not in vocational ministry like you, pastor. I'm not heading off to the mission field. And I think you're wrong. Every follower of Christ is in the mission field. Every person around you in your life is your mission field. You're part of a church that has a mission. That, and this church needs you and, and your part that God has called you to. There is a calling on your life, everybody here. There is a calling on your life to plant seeds of the gospel. There is a calling on your life to bring light into your part of this world. There is a calling on your life to, to bring Christ's love and hope and peace and faith that we're talking about at, at Advent into this world. And that's just the common calling that we all have. 
God also has a specific calling for you. It might be in business or education or government or in charity. It could be in your own street or in your kid's school. It is definitely in your family. And it's in your community. You probably won't get called to start a nation like Abraham or lead one like Moses. But Jesus gave us a job to do. And the the thing I love is he gave us the church so that we can do it all together. But it takes real faith. So church, my, my, my call today as we wrap up here is just to say to you, let's have faith like Abraham did. Stepping into the unknown and trusting God. Moving beyond the normal boundaries of what is possible. Can we do that one? And persisting in obeying no matter what. Because there will be challenges. There will be setbacks. And perhaps we too can bless the world for Jesus. So let's pray. God, this morning we put our faith in you. And we trust you to the end. God, it's a little bit, the journey is kind of hazy. But we do see the destination. When you, when you come again, we see that destination and what we need to do in the meantime, God, we just want to do what you tell us to do in faith. God, we see a growing community of faith that stays true to your word and that boldly spreads the message of hope. We believe that you're going to do miracles to open the way. So today, Lord, we commit ourselves to no turning back. Because you were faithful to us first, Lord, as we just have been singing. You've never let us down. So we commit ourselves to you afresh today. Where we lack faith, where we lack confidence, again I ask, Holy Spirit, fill us with faith. We know it's a spiritual gift and we ask for it today, that Lord, that you will pour it out on your church. Fill us with faith, God. So we can bless this world for you.